Thank you for listening to a River Life Fellowship podcast. We're a church family in North Carolina with a vision for people to experience the grace of Jesus, be filled with the Father's love, and to release the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's this week's message from Wilmington. All right, I'm going to dive in, and I'm going to read out of Matthew. If you want to go there with me, I'm in Matthew 11. Oh, I don't need those. Matthew 11. And I'm going to be in the New Living Translation if you're in your Bible app, or you can pick your favorite version. Matthew 11, um, verse 28 through 30, says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Well, that sounds really good. I don't know if anybody else uh, in the room feels weary or has felt weary um, or feels like you have some heavy burdens, but I feel like I've been on this journey probably for the last year or more to figure out how to rest better to figure out like how to actually actively pursue rest. And so the Lord's been unpacking that and really causing me to come to him. And, but I don't know, does anybody else feel like they could use a a lighter load or a, like a a little break from their weariness, some rest from their weariness for me and Mary right now, as you guys can imagine, this is one of the busiest seasons of our life. (laughs) You know, I think, Maybe other than when we had kids going to, like, different activities every day of the week and, you know, three different ways at three different times. We're, you know, we're moved to a new city, so that's pretty big. We're starting a church. We're in school with, with Amber, River Life School of Ministry. We're buying a house. We're remodeling a house. All the things, right? And if I have felt at times, I'm still, we're still working. We're bivocational, so we're still working in our current jobs. And at times I have felt these waves of being overwhelmed, you know? And so this thing about finding rest in the middle of that has been really real to us, you know? And I imagine like, I'm thinking about y'all youth as you're getting ready for finals, right? And you know, coming out of Thanksgiving break and getting into final season and the papers and the projects and the tests that are coming up and I think in life, I didn't pull any statistics on this, but, you know, we've seen just the the pace of life and how it's picked up over the years. You know, I imagine generations before us, all they, you know, before electricity, right? They'd sit around at night around a campfire or around a candle, and it would feel like there was a, a lighter pace maybe. Well, Jesus wrote this way before then. <laughs> you know, Jesus wrote this. Uh, or said this, rather, Matthew wrote it, but Jesus said it way back. So even back then, there was this busy f- feel of heavy burdens and uh, and a heavy load um, and people who were weary. So, yeah, I feel like in the middle of the season that we're in, this, this invitation to respond to what Jesus offers. Um, so I thought I'd talk today about what is rest how do we? Those are some of them. Merriam Dictionary, Merriam, Merriam Webster. Not Miriam, that's somebody else. Um, it talks about freedom from activity or labor, 
and a state of motionless or inactivity. Now that sounds like fantastic rest to me. State of motionless or inactivity, a freedom from activity or labor. Interestingly, I'll get to it after a little while, but I don't think that's the rest that Jesus was talking about. But what, what are some types of rest? So when I think about rest, when I think about like physical rest, I think about sleep, right? And actually, I told Mary one time, if I was to write a book, I want to write a book about sleep, like how to get better at sleeping. Like, you know, people do sleep studies. They go and like check themselves into the like clinic and just sleep. I'm like, I, I should do that. Could I do that professionally? Like maybe on the side, I'll be a pastor and a professional sleeper. I think, I think that sounds great. But I really actually have... I'm not very good at it, to be honest with you. And a lot of the stuff that I'm sharing today, I, I probably should preface with, this has been something that I've been pursuing. I haven't yet arrived. So I'm just kind of letting you in on the pursuing today. I think if we got better at sleep, our lives would be better. You know, you look at like professional athletes, they pursue sleep like nine, 10 hours a night, right? They're not satisfied with six, seven hours a night. They're, they're going, but at any rate, Okay, so there's that sleep. There's that kind of rest, right? There's Sabbath rest. Um, if any of you have had a chance, has anybody read uh, Mark Comer's book, The uh, Ruthless Elimination of Hurry? I highly, highly, highly recommend it. Kids, you or young adults, sorry, you guys would love that book. And the adults in the room, Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by Mark Comer. And he piggybacks off of stuff that he learned from Dallas Willard. And it talks about actively pursuing, like, getting away from hurry. So that feeds a lot into rest. I think it's a book everybody should read, and I think I'm going to read it once a year, like as a reset. But in that book, one of the things that I think he gets into that I really like is this conversation about Sabbath. Like, actually honoring the Sabbath and actually resting for a full 24 hours. They do stuff in their family where they, like, 5 o'clock at night, they put their phones in a drawer, they shut the drawer, and they don't open the drawer until the next Friday at 5 p.m. And they Sabbath. And for them, Sabbath looks like doing some things that are restful, that are, they're passionate about. So they still, like, have family dinner and have friends over and rest, right? So there's a Sabbath rest, and I think that's an important rest. There's the kind of rest that kind of piggybacks on Sabbath where you, like, get away, like on a vacation, right? So, like, um, our friends from Mooresville, the Moors. Hey, was this city named after you guys? It was. Oh, the Mooresville, your city. So you came down from your city. They've been at Carolina Beach all week, right, resting. That's a kind of rest, like get away, vacate, rest. Okay. Then there's a the kind of rest, another uh, amazing this is actually not a book, but a sermon that I listened to from Levi Lusco. I don't know if you guys know who he is. He's an author and a, a pastor, preacher. He shared this message about, um, about rest and how we rest first. So we start from a place of rest. So he talks about how Adam was created and God created Adam. And what's the first thing he told Adam to do? Let's go to sleep. It was evening and it was morning. The, like he put him to sleep. He literally created him and then put him to sleep. He went to sleep. And then what happens the next day, Adam wakes up and he's super excited. He was finally created to do this thing. And what happens? The Sabbath. Literally a whole day. Like, no, just kidding. Don't do anything. Just rest. Rest in what God has already done. That's pretty amazing. Those guys probably should go listen to their stuff 
I'm not going to get into any of those types of rests today. <laughs> but if you, if you want to, those are phenomenal. But I think there's another type of rest. And again, this is something I'm unpacking. But this type of rest that we can find in the doing. I don't know about you, but like I feel like a lot of times in my life I've run from like seasons of busyness to just get to the next, just get to the weekend. Right. Thank God it's Friday. Right. I'm in the weekend or like, oh, if I can just make it to vacation, if I can just make it to semester break, if I can just make it to winter break, if I can make it to fall break, if I can make it to vacation, like I just run to these seasons or periods of rest. And I think God has something more for us. Um, again, Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, I'm just going to Let's talk about how. What, what does he say about how we rest and the type of rest that he's talking about here? He said, come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart. You will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. So I see, obviously, some character of Jesus. There's grace, there's humbleness, there's mercy, there's gentleness, right? But how? How does Jesus tell us to rest? First, he says, come to me. Then he says, take my yoke upon you. And then he says, let me teach you. So come to Jesus. Like, how do we rest? We come to Jesus. What what does that mean? Like, what does come to Jesus look like? I think about, like, how do, I, how do I come to Jesus? I come, how do you come to Jesus? Like, I come through worship, you know? That's a way for me to, come, like, feel like I'm in the presence, like, to reconnect. Okay, think about your busy day, busy school, busy life. How do you get, how do you get connected to Jesus, right? Worship for me, I don't know about you, soaking. Sometimes I literally just have to be, play some music. Like, I don't even have energy to sing or to, to worship, but I can be. Sleep for me is big. I know I talked about sleep, but I'm not, I said I wasn't going to talk about that kind of rest. But <laughs> I find that I can actually get closer to the Lord if I'm just laying down and lights are off and I can be quiet. Quiet time. You know, some people steal, can steal away and actually just be with the Lord. Meditation, like the actual legitimate original meditation, getting with the Lord. Psalms 46.10 says, be still and know that I'm God. Be sometimes being still. We, we'll take a look at it in a minute, but Jesus, and you guys know this, right? Jesus always would get away. He would find himself stealing away to find these pockets of rest, these pockets of being alone. And for the um, extroverts in the room, I think that's still also good for us. You know, the introverts are like, amen, I'm in. Jesus did it, I'm in. I'm just doing what Jesus did. I think even for us extroverts, but this moment of, like, come to Jesus, for me, recently, I've gone through several experiences where I just had to do that. I was in, like, a wave, uh, and I don't know if anybody else in the room feels like you have waves of being overwhelmed or waves of being stressed or waves, waves of, I think I lived my life through a period of chronic stress because of the type of jobs that I've had. And, well, probably because of... I haven't like fully had revelation of the truth while I've been in some of those jobs. 
um, of how to keep Jesus in the middle of it and, and stay really engaged in, in, in him. I'll come back to, to recently, but take his yoke, right? That's the second piece. So we come, we come to Jesus. Second is we take his yoke. What's a yoke? A yoke is that wooden beam that would connect two oxen together. So it would go across the top of their shoulders and it would connect two oxen together. And then not only would it connect them to do the job, let's say they were plowing a field or pulling a cart. So then those two oxen could pull together. And then the person who was controlling the oxen had something to control them with, right? Reins or from down on the ground, they could control the oxen. So there's a whole sermon in that, right? Being connected to. But I think this piece of taking Jesus' yoke, so this idea that we have to realize that we're dependent on him. Like there's something that we need from Jesus, you know, we were created to be in relationship with him. And I think sometimes we are like an oak that's not yoked. An, a yoke that's not yoked? A yoke like an egg yoke? What am I talking about? An ox that's not yoked. We're like an ox off by ourselves, doing our own thing. Like trying to do it in our own strength. Like I can do this. I can do this. I can get through this. I can muscle through. One more test. I got that. Like trying to push through in our own strength. As, as an ox that's not yoked. Does that, does that make sense? And Jesus says, no, t- I want to do this with you. You were actually born to be dependent on me. That's got, that got Eve into trouble, actually. I like, was looking into that in the Garden of Eden, and I think some of it was Eve's desire to be independent. That we weren't created to be independent. We were created to be yoked to the Lord. Okay. All right. So in some ways it creates a sense of, I am dependent. I I can't be independent. And some people probably have a hard time with that. But for me, it's freeing. I don't have to do this by myself. I do not have to do this by myself. I can take the pressure off myself. There's grace because he's doing it with me. Right? So I can be dependent, take the pressure off myself, count on Jesus. I think that speaks, at least as I'm unpacking this, I'm seeing that as take the yoke. Okay? There's a lot more about yokes. Let me teach you, he says in Matthew. Let me teach you. So the third element, let me teach you. You know, again, acknowledging that Jesus has what we're looking for. He has the answers, right? In James, it talks about if any of you lack wisdom, ask and I'll give it to you. Like, he has the, if we're looking for rest, if you're looking to get rid of your heavy burdens, if you're looking to have a lighter load, he has the answer to what that looks like. And I think for me, we were talking to some friends and they're on fire for the Lord. They were down here um, actually last week. You all met, you all met. And uh, they came to visit, and we went to lunch after church, and they were talking about how they're in a season of yes. That's pretty Christianese, but I think I'm okay in this group sharing that, talking about those terms. So they're in a season of yes, saying yes. They feel like they've been invited to say yes. And I was like, that's amazing. Make sure you say no. They're like, what? What do you mean? I mean, that's not exactly how the conversation went, but I, I felt encouraged to tell them to say no. Because in, the, in, the, in doing all the things, right, we talked about it. God has a lot of things to do. 
And a lot of them are good. But if they're not for us in that time, then they're a distraction. You know, we've gotten a really great encouragement from the pastors of our other churches. Like Ryan and Mary, people are going to come to the church and they're going to have passions about things. And you need to be really guard yourself about what you say yes to because it can look good and it can be good and it can be the Lord. But if it's not for you to attach yourself to, it's a distraction and it will wear you out. So as, as we're talking about, like, all the things to do, I'm just encouraging people, ask the Lord. Sam and I were talking about it last week. Ask the Lord. You know, what is this season? Like, what is the, the right thing to be doing right now where you're at? You know, and trust that the Lord has the answer for you. Let him teach you what it is that he has for you to do to get through your situation or just the things that he wants you to put his hand to. Because then there's, there's grace. I mean, there's always grace. But then we're actually operating in grace, right? We're operating from this place of, instead of grace and what the Lord's doing, instead of this place of personal achievement or in my own strength. Does that make sense? So I'm, I'm looking at, you know, come to Jesus, <laughs> get with him, be with him, be in the presence, take his yoke. God, I'm dependent on you. What is it, Lord, that you ha- would have for me to do? And then teach me how to do it. Like, show me in the middle of it. I'm thinking through my life at work. I'm, you know what I'm tired of? I'm, I'm tired of a separation between the sacred and the secular. I'm tired of going to work and feeling like I'm like at work and not feeling like I'm totally in the Holy Spirit. Like, I'm tired of coming to church to be like in the presence. <laughs> right? I want to be at the presence in my job. And I'm not saying I'm not, but you know what I mean? I want, I I encourage y'all young adults to be like, what's the classroom look like? What's the classroom look like? That's filled with a bunch of people that don't think the way that I do. How am I light, you know, and, and not separating the sacred from the secular, not separating church from state, (laughs) you know, and finding these moments to Jesus teach me how to be where I am right now. Okay, sorry. I think that's, I'm excited. I'm, that's, that's some of the journey I'm on. Lord, how do I get, how am I just in it all the time? And I'm not waiting for someday when I'm retired and only being a pastor. I'm, I won't be retired when I'm being a pastor. Let's be honest. Okay. I digress. So I think if we look at the result of intentionally being with him, Working with him, co-laboring, and learning from him, he will give us rest. He will find, we will find rest, as it says in Matthew. Now, I wanted to point out, rest, I don't think, is the same thing as recreation. So this was something I was unpacking. Sometimes we get to our weekends or our evenings, and we want to recreate. We want to, we want to get away. We want to vacate, vacation, right? We want to vacate, and we want to recreate. Recreate, like, I want to, I want to go to the beach, right? I want to go out on a boat. I want to go play golf. I want to, you know, I want to go, like, to a nice dinner and not cook and not do dishes, right? I want to get away and have a break. I don't think that's the same as rest. Now, please hear me. I still think that's important. Recreation is really important for us. But I want to propose that it's not the same as rest, 
Because how many of you know that when you get home from a day being out doing whatever your favorite recreation thing is, you're not rested? You're exhausted. At least I am. Like, I'm tired. When I get back from vacation, I want a vacation. Because it was a lot of work, you know? The travel, the drive. When I get back from the beach, I'm zonked. Like, I'm tired. The sun has taken it out of me. So, I, you know, I think rest isn't, is something different than recreation. And again, hear me, recreation is amazing and we all need it. I think rest is different than scrolling social media. You know, I think, I think some, we like to veg out, right? We like to veg and just like, I don't have to do anything. I'm just going to sit here and laugh at memes from my favorite comedians. Like, this is funny and I'm laughing and humor is good for you. Like, right? Laughter is great. As long as it's not at somebody else's expense. But, like, we can spend hours, if we're not careful, scrolling. And sure, it's a break, but is it rest? Right? Binging TV shows. Like, you know, you're going through a new series. And that can be a great series. Mary and I, um, there's a couple shows that we, I wouldn't say binge, but that we watch through. And one of them recently, we just can't stop watching the Chosen series. Like, we kind of got a late start on it. And, uh, but we've been watching through it and that's amazing and it's awesome and it's been fun to watch. So even, I wanted to say this because even watching a show that's encouraging and uplifting and actually like we end up crying most episodes, I think, um, it's the Lord, like the Lord's in it, but it's not rest. So the reason why I say that all those things is because I, my encouragement and what I've been learning for myself is I have to be intentional about actually resting actually getting away and being with him and in his presence and not just recreating. Does that make sense? Not just vegging out, not just getting away from my daily things. Recently I was at home and <clears throat> I was so busy. We were, it was really busy. I think it was around when we closed on the house. Maybe we were so busy and I was walking through, I was going, I was at work and Catching up from being off a day, we had just taken Kylie out of town to go to some college visits. So I was coming back to work, slammed busy. And if any of you have the experience where you come back and you have like a thousand emails, so you're trying to catch up on all the stuff that you missed because just because you took a day off, it's like punishment for taking a day off work. So I'm trying to catch back up and I'm on this meetings and I tell one of my colleagues, I'm like, I'm just trying to figure out which direction North is like, I am, I don't even know what's going on in my job today. I'm just trying to figure out what North is. And that next day in our devotionals, it was talking about Jesus being our true North. It's like, okay. Okay, Lord, like that, I hear you, that reminder, like keeping him. And then just a day or two after that, I hit this wave of feeling like a lot going on. And I just, like the Lord was like, Ryan, you got to rest. You have to rest. So I put, literally put everything down and I just laid down on the sofa and I just ran, not ran physically, ran emotionally and mentally into this place of just setting my mind on the Lord and just resting, 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 resting. And it's like it sh- things shifted. Nothing that I had to do on my to-do list went away, but my perspective and my heart and my heart rate <laughs> all changed, you know, to get back to that place of rest. In the middle of being busy, and I think that's one of the things that I want to talk through or try to connect the dots to. I don't know if I'm getting there, but 
early I talked about types of rest, Sabbath, sleep, vacation. That's not what I'm, like, I'm talking about the resting in the middle of the doing. If we look at Jesus, so if we look at, in Matthew, and we won't go through all of these, but I'm just going to jump through them. Why do we rest like this? I, I, I actually baited you guys. It was a test. Everybody shook their head when I said Jesus would get away often and steal everybody. So I know everybody knows what I'm talking about. It's great. You guys already agreed. So we move through, and if we go, Matthew, this is Matthew 11. The verse that I've been talking about all morning is in Matthew 11. If we skip to Matthew 13, it says, Matthew 13, 1, you don't have to read it. You can't. I'm just going to jump through it. Later that same day, Jesus left the house and sat beside the lake. He went out to get by the water. That could preach. And he taught the people. Then right after that, he taught the people because a crowd had gathered. There was teaching for Jesus to do after his rest. So he rested and then he taught. Matthew 14, um, John the baptizer had just gotten beheaded. And Jesus said, or it says, as soon as Jesus heard the news, he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone. So obviously he was getting alone. Some, his cousin had just been murdered. But then what happened? The crowds heard when, where he was, and they headed and followed on foot from around the towns. And then right after that, it says he had compassion on them, and that's where he healed the sick and fed 5,000. Right? Matthew 14. We'll jump to the next chapter. After sending them home, he went up on the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. And then what happens right after that? He meets the, the disciples on the water who had gone on ahead of him. He walks on water. Peter walks on water and he calms the storm. Like another major kind of moment where he's has some work to do as he's teaching his disciples. Matthew 15, Jesus returned to the Sea of Galilee and he climbed a hill. He climbed up a hill and sat down. That's for the people that like the mountains and not the beach. He climbed up a hill and sat down. My son will listen to this later, maybe. And then right after that, the crowd brought all their sick and healed them all. Sorry, they brought all their sick and he healed them all. Then Matthew 17, six days later, he stole away with Peter and the two brothers, James and John. They led him up a high mountain to be alone. And what happened? The transfiguration. Like where G they see Jesus, Moses, Elijah. They, Peter wants to build a tabernacle, right? And then, and then if we fast forward, Matthew 26, he needs to get away to the Garden of Gethsemane to be alone, to pray. And what happens after the Garden of Gethsemane is he gets crucified, arrested and crucified. So as I'm reading through, because one of the things I've been pursuing is how did Jesus, why did Jesus get away? Why did Jesus get away? And immediately after he got away, he had something to do. And, it, and then by connecting it back to Matthew 11, he says, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. And then the last verse, for my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. He did not say, I will take the yoke from you and I will take your burden from you. Now, I'm not, we could probably get into semantics of that. But there is a yoke to carry. There's a burden to carry. Now, it's light and it's easy, but there is stuff to do. That's Right, Mary and I were talking about Ephesians 2.10 and how we were created in his master, like as masterpieces. And this like master craftsman created us uniquely and individually to do the things that he also created us to do. 
So as I connect Matthew, this verse in chapter, verses in chapter 11, there is a yoke. There is a burden. We have things to do in life. We're students. We're business people. We're ministers. We're parents. We're siblings. Sometimes that's hard work, right? We're sons and daughters. That can be hard work when your parents are driving you crazy. (laughs) I'm just saying, y'all, there's stuff to do, right? And I'm encouraged and chasing after this concept. How do I rest in the midst of the stuff that I, that's for me to do. Because I want to get away from chasing the day of rest. I, the Sabbath is important. We should Sabbath. We should go on vacation more often than we do. But I don't want to wait to that day to get rest. Am I, am I just, maybe it's just me. And I think Jesus in this gives us some some real keys. Like he is talking about not the day of rest when we get to heaven. He is talking about the day of rest, not when we get to Sabbath. As a matter of fact, in Hebrews, he talks about rest and then he goes right out and breaks all the Sabbath laws by healing people on the Sabbath. But here he's saying in the middle of your to-do list, in the middle of your checklist, in the middle of the work, you were created to, to plow the field. You were created to carry, to pull a cart, you know, to do the things. And in the middle of that, Jesus says, I'll give you my yoke and you can rest. So I want to learn to rest in the middle, in the middle of the labor, like in the middle of the to-do and not try to get out of the labor and try to get out of, which I would love to do. And I can't wait till someday when I don't have to like do anything, right? Heaven's going to be great. When I can just rest in heaven and like be all done or just worship the Lord 24-7, whatever that looks like, like, I'm excited about that. But in the middle of it, there's stuff for us to do here. Does that track for anybody? Um, yeah, like I said, I'm pursuing it myself. But maybe I'll just pray for us. Maybe I'll pray for us that we, we have that opportunity. I would like to just maybe pause How about if we do that before we push? Let's just pause. Let's just actually practice rest. So as you have, I'll talk a little bit and then I'll be quiet. As you have thoughts right now that are about what do you need? um, What are your heavy burdens? So it might be interesting to actually think about what your heavy burdens are. And where do you feel weary? might be interesting to think about actually where you feel weary and then let's just come to Jesus like it's okay to carry those things actually just into his presence but come to Jesus thank you for listening to a River Life Fellowship podcast to get more information check out riverlifefellowship.com